0: Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at? Hey everybody, this is Dan Hillenbrand and welcome to Modern Cowboy, the podcast for the cowboy lifestyles and businesses around the world. I'm glad you're here, so sit back in your saddle and prepare to be inspired, motivated, educated, and entertained as I interview a new guest each week that embodies the Modern cowboy.
1: And riders on the wind I got a restless spirit burning deep inside of me I ain't got much, but I'm free I've always been one to do it my own way I'm making my living between the saddle and the stage I don't know nobody, nothing Everything I got's my own some say I'm just a man to the bone. I'm a cowboy, yes a sign. I was born to rope and ride. I'm a cowboy, that's my brain. I'll the day I die.
0: Hey, everybody, welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast. Really excited to have my guest on today, Luke Snyder. Luke Snyder is a PBR bull rider. He was in the PBR, I, I believe, from 2001 to 2013. And I can't believe it's been that long ago. I remember watching him on the tours and stuff with my boys back then and watching him throughout his career. And so I'm super excited to have him on the podcast today, find out a little bit of history about Luke and then find out what he's doing, what he's doing now too. So Luke, welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast.
2: Well, Dan, hey, thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. Like I was saying, uh, you know, i watch we watched your career. I mean, I, I remember the first time I saw you, I mean, cause you were only 18, but I, I just remember thinking at the time, man, this guy looks so young, you know, and, uh, <laughs> you, you were in the PBR and you were young, but, uh, you just kind of had a, like that, a little bit of a baby face and young guy, but, uh, tell, tell us how you got started riding bulls and, and how, how that evolved.
2: Yeah, for sure. So, Going to your point, I know i can't believe it's been going on six years since I've even set on one um but uh it was some good times you know uh two thousand I'd always rode bulls, so I started uh in Kansas at uh this place called Homestead Bronx shop and rodeo school and uh, it was a great guy his name was George Steinberger. um but he uh I actually went uh to learn how to ride bareback horses and uh the school was full and he's like, you know, I got to open it in steer riding. So I said, well, I'll give that a go. And, uh, ended up getting in there and I got on like 15 steers. I was just ate up with it. Um, and I didn't make it to eight on one single one. So, you know, but I was still craving it. So it didn't really wasn't something that came natural to me right. at the beginning, but, um, I, it was something I knew I wanted to do. So, uh, that's where it started. You know, you had guys like, uh, Will O was at that school. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and there was some other guys, some notable names. Um, Dusty LaBeth was at that school that went on to make some finals. So, um, it was a really neat environment and, uh it had me hooked at, I was 10, so it had really? me hooked at a young age. Uh,
0: So did you, uh, did you do junior rodeo then and rodeo in high school too?
2: I did. I, uh, I played all the sports like any kid would growing up to 10. And then uh, what really got me interested in my dad took me to Kemper arena, which is a big rodeo. Now it's since going to uh, the sprint center for the big ones, but uh, Kemper arena was down in the historic KC stockyards. So he took me to a rodeo there and I was just hooked, just enthralled with these guys. And um, from that point on, I told dad, you know, I, want to sign up for a rodeo school and learn how to do this so we walked over to the trade show and sure enough we found a sign up deal for that and uh, found myself a week later you know he dropped me off at a three-day camp and didn't know what to expect uh, my grandpa had raised some cows but I wasn't really riding sheep calves all that so I jumped in at 10 which is still pretty early but you see a lot of kids you know getting on sheep and starting a lot younger but um that's how that's how we went about it
0: so were you you raised on a ranch or
2: we always had acreage yeah my dad um my dad's background was he was uh full contact karate he is a black belt second degree and he raced dirt bikes he had a small yamaha sponsorship so we always had acreage and i was always tearing around on a dirt bike or a four-wheeler right and i actually raced raced those a little bit um, and I thought, you know, at one point I was really interested and that carried on and in, up into, you know, my rookie year in the PBR, but, mm-hmm. uh, I mm-hmm. like dirt bikes and I always kind of had that adrenaline bug. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I grew up there around the Kansas city area. My dad's worked for general motors as a millerite at the Kansas city plant for going on 32 years. So we were always in the M- Missouri. So mm-hmm. we kind of went that route with uh rodeo school.
0: Now, now, did you get involved in uh, martial arts as well, or
2: um, I did it more for like uh, I wrestled in okay. high school, and I did okay. uh, I did some classes with my daddy, my dad's uh, black belt buddies, uh-huh. just for like uh, cardio and to stay in shape. Um, I never went and competed with it.
0: Right. So now, you, your first year in in the PBR, and yeah, you you never did ride in the PRCA, did you? You were just in the pbr right
2: i never did so when i graduated i got on my first big bull at 14 and um i i was able to find uh uh it was called buckhorn youth Roughstock association they had novice bulls, so i was able to have a stepping stone from that 12 years to 14 where i got on these great novice bulls mm-hmm. um you know some jump kickers, really got my timing down. And then I joined a couple of amateur blow riding associations from 14 that would pay really good. And I was riding with some older guys and I learned a lot of, uh, I earned a lot of confidence in those levels. And also um, they were really good. They were, they were paying, you know, I was able to bring home, you know, sixty sixty 60 grand, you know, as a 15 year old. So it was like, we thought yeah. this is, you know, <laughs> never going to see another poor day, you know? Right. So then uh, as 18 come around, uh, on my 18th birthday, me and dad loaded up in the car and we flew to, uh, we drove to the airport, flew to Casper, Wyoming, and uh, we cleared it with PBR as long as I was 18 when I showed up at the right. event,
0: Right.
2: went to Casper. I showed up on my 18th birthday, <laughs> uh, Took <laughs> took third there. Then we hauled butt back to Kearney, Nebraska, and I ended up winning that event, so it got me the first seed at the fifth uh, PBR event in Guthrie uh, that year, and then I was fortunate to stay on tour. Uh, I remember it like yesterday. I wrote a book called Candyman in the uh, first round, and then mm-hmm. Zandy, which was a famous Will Copenhagen Zandy of Sammy Andrews. I got on him in the second round, and I wrote him right to the whistle, and he jerked me down, but it was just like... You- you know, you knew you arrived at a different level, you know, an 18-year-old kid. And like you said, I was so young, I think I still had some acne. I was about 130 pounds.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, you said something there, too. Uh, were, were the finals, and I'm I'm, I'm trying to think back, were, were the PBR finals, did they hold them in, in, in Guthrie, Oklahoma back then?
2: Well, that was my first event. So oh, okay. the finals were still at Thomas and Mag. Okay, so yeah. Guthrie would have been my first event, and that was actually in 2000
0: okay got you and then the
2: finals were rolled around 2001 that year
0: right and you and you got rookie of the year in your first year 2001 2001 yeah yeah Yeah. and then you you qualified all 13 uh, for all 13 years you were in it you qualified for the world finals right
2: i did yeah i was fortunate i uh i made it to every finals and uh it's just a stroke of pure luck but uh I went to 275 events from the start in a row before I ended up having to miss one due to a broken neck. But, uh, that was at the time JW had 135. And, uh, I was not it's not something I set out to do, but from that day in Guthrie on, I went to 275 majors, plus a lot more touring pros, but that was 175 cup. events.
0: Now, you know, when did you break your neck? When was that?
2: That was in two thousand eight. I uh, <clears throat> I got I uh, got off a of bull wrong and kind of flipped me head over heels. I landed on top of my head and I had a compound fracture of the C seven in my neck in two thousand eight um, in Canada. So
0: and that, required- that was the first time I really had to set out.
2: Uh, right. it- Go ahead. Oh, but it didn't really require anything from surgery. I had to be in a neck brace for like three and a half months. Um, and it, it would fuse back because there was a hairline in the C7. Right. Um. So, yeah, I mean, as far as broken necks go, I was fortunate yeah. <laughs> in the way I did it.
0: Absolutely. So, did you have a favorite venue to, to ride in back then on all those tours and stuff?
2: Uh, you know, probably Vegas. Yeah. Um There was a lot of really, but I won probably well over a quarter of my earnings in Vegas for my total earnings, but uh, it was just like, you know, like any kid growing up, you listen to that Chris LeDoux song, 17, and everybody wants to get to the bright lights of Vegas, and it's like something just turned on to an extra extent when you're in there, because you know, here in the past few years, the finals have switched over to las vegas event center which is a great venue but we were still in thomas and mac where there was like so much history and just being there right um was just it it just the lights seemed to be brighter and and every this thing seemed to be you know click out there for me
0: right and then when you ended up you know it's funny i i I mean i i just remember watching ride all the time and everything and, and it it didn't seem like it was 13 years, but cause it seemed like, I I don't know. It just seemed like it went fast when you ended up deciding to, uh, you know, retire. What, what was it? Was it just felt like you were at that age where you didn't want to take the beating anymore?
2: Or? Well, it was more of a decision. It was right around the time that, uh, my daughter, we were thinking about a kid and mm-hmm. my daughter was going to be born. Uh, so, uh, it was just, That's the sport of bull riding is just so dangerous and it's pretty, it's pretty selfish sport that I just, one, I was getting pretty sore and I wasn't getting up off the ground as quick as I used to, but also, uh, you know, I didn't want to get wrecked out. I wanted to be around for my little girl, you know, she's a five and a half now. So it's just, I felt like I took about everything I was going to take out of it and it was time to kind of let, there's so many 18-year-olds coming up, you know, right. I was one once. They're they're just chopping at the bit to have your spot. So I just kind of stepped aside and let the new generation come along.
0: <laughs> yeah, they, well, yeah, you had a, a, an amazing career and you ended up I what, what was your last, the last big event you won was what was it the last Cowboy Standing? Was that the last
2: one or Yeah, that would have been that was my 300th uh event. I was uh and I was 30. A 300th okay. event at 30 years old. I ended up winning that. Cause that was a uh, first of its kind, like they call them majors now, but that was right. a pay per view event in Vegas. Right. And right. Uh, it was the last man standing. So it was kind of like a, uh, uh elimination type round deal. So if you stayed on, you advanced. If you bucked off, you were done. So right. it went to the third right. round and it came down to me and three guys. And I was the last out, which is what everybody looks forward to. So I knew if I stayed on, i was going to win at all and if i bucked off they were going to load the three bulls up again so it was kind of like bases loaded uh step up to the plate and if if you hit it you're you're gonna win
0: you just bared down and did it
2: oh yeah i was i (laughs) stayed in there i i had my rope so dang sticky that i was they're gonna have to shoot me off of there
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh that's funny so now you retired from bull riding and did you, what did you do then just take time off or had you been working on something or planning something when you retired? from um, bull riding?
2: So I was sponsored by Bass Pro for the last four years of my career. And mm-hmm. um, I was kind of, they had some transition for me set up to where if I wanted to pursue that, cause I'm an outdoorsman as well. I love fishing and hunting. Um, right. So it was kind of a natural transition. So, I I took a brief period because for 13 years, that's all I did was just travel and go. So I did take a brief period of time off and then I transitioned into a role with Bass Pro, um, Mm -hmm. which I still am currently in. So I kind of learned a lot of the business. I started as a brand specialist for some of our hunting brands. I went into some sports marketing and, uh, for the last couple of years and currently, I'm with our, uh, ATV, UTV, and all of our boat brands, uh, and and, in somewhat of a sales position, and Uh still do some appearances on like, oh, Fox and Friends. I do, uh, hand two or three of those a year at points, and um, you know the occasional appearance still. Um, Right. I went to Beijing um, last year, and we opened up a country western bar in Beijing,
0: no kidding, (laughs) China.
2: So (laughs) that was pretty wild. Yeah.
0: So what, what, now what, tell us about that you, uh, country Western bar and, and, and who, in who's behind that? Who, who opened that up? Who owns it?
2: So, so I got, there is this, uh, town mm-hmm. outside of, uh, Beijing called Yellowstone.
0: Really?
2: And, uh, <laughs> they, they basically, um, I got involved with it through Ross Coleman's, uh, I don't know if you had him on the podcast or not, but everybody probably knows Ross Coleman. His yeah. cousin is ha- like I- the designer.
0: No, I-, I was just gonna say I- I- yeah, I have had him on, but yeah, so go ahead.
2: Yeah, his cousin's the designer and uh developer of all this. So these Chinese businessmen over there just ate up with anything western and mm-hmm. um they had this notion to put uh this bar called Rodeo China on top of this huge skys- skyscraper right in the heart of Beijing. So, um, I, I got the call and asked if I'd be interested you know, like I said, this is last year. Uh, right. so it was, I jumped at it and we went over there for about five days and we took, uh, I helped them get their bucket machine. They got a bucket machine in the middle of it, helped uh-huh. it, uh, train them how to run that. And I did like a demo and it was just really, really wild. It was a wild experience, but really cool.
0: <laughs> that is crazy. Crazy. Yeah. So, so now you said Ross Coleman cousin, He he's the one that's behind this or?
2: Yeah. Yeah. She's a female. Uh, oh, okay. She's a, she's a great interior designer and uh developer. And she got hooked up with these when she helped design Yellowstone. It's like, uh, 1,500 homes at the base of these mountain type deals, and she's made it look like, uh, you know, like Yellowstone, uh, the national park. And I mean, all these businessmen will retreat out there. It's like an hour and a half outside the city, and they'll go out there and they'll just live like Western style, Western lifestyle. It's yeah, it's got hitching posts and saloons and nice restaurant. It's just pretty wild.
0: That's crazy. I had no idea. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah, you can Google it and stuff. It's pretty wild, uh, what they've done out there.
0: Yeah. So now you just you did just went and did that as representative through them. Bass Pro didn't have anything to do with that, did they?
2: Uh no, that was more towards uh like my past career. Uh right. they needed an authentic western guy to go out there and just kinda cut the ribbon and, and have it as an appearance. So um Dude. That was pretty neat, but the Bass Pro stuff—I mean, that—that that kind of appearance stuff takes me out to New York, and we do some Fox News segments quite a bit. Um, right. Typically, I hit i have hit every Thanksgiving one for like the last thirteen years. But um,
0: yeah. But, so, now, so, so now, what? Um, uh, where do you live again? Are you in? Um,
2: so I'm in, I'm in Ozark, Missouri, which is um, right in between Branson and Springfield. Gotcha.
0: Okay. And then there's obviously a, a big Bass Pro there.
2: Yep. Our home offices are here. The number, the first store is here and okay. the museum, which uh, it's like 800,000 square feet of store frontage. And then we have a big boat showroom, ATV, UTV offices, and showroom. Um, it's a destination. Um, yeah. People come from all around here. So,
0: yeah, it's very cool. Uh, now, Bass Pro. Uh, now owns Cabela's, right?
2: They did. They acquired Cabela's uh, about a year and a half ago. Okay. Um, And they also, with that, acquired Ranger Boats as well. So, we have have a a big umbrella with uh, many brands underneath them and whatnot. So, it kind of doubled us overnight. We had about 132 stores. Cabela's was about on the same point. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we went to 200 plus you know, very quickly, uh, which got us out West a lot. We were typically, uh, Cabela's had out West covered and there's a lot of spots we were missing. So now we pretty much cover the, cover the map.
0: Right. I actually used to teach Hunter Ed for about five years. I did out in California, uh, Manteca, they opened a new Bass Pro there. So I would, I would oh yeah at least once a month. Very cool stores. I mean, they're just—they're all a destination, really. But I, I can only imagine what, what the ones like back there where you are with the headquarters and everything.
2: Yeah, it's really neat. Uh, I—I'm—I've always been a Missouri guy, so I mean, we would make the. A lot of those youth rodeos would bring me down into this part of the country. I was uh, born and raised up closer to Kansas City, but, you know, we'd make the pilgrimage and you'd always have to stop at Bass Pro. You know, I'd been, right. I've been coming in to this store since I was like, you know, six, seven years old.
0: Yeah. That's too funny. Hey, uh, how who, who do you keep in contact with, uh, you know, from back in your riding days? Anybody that you're real close with still or?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's just so tough for us to get together in person, but, uh, you know, a lot of us are on a group text thread and, and we'll always check in, Mm uh, you know, Ross, Mm -hmm. uh, Ross Coleman, Brendan, uh, Mm -hmm. Clark. Yeah. Um, you know, we tie I just Ty Murray shot me a text here today. What was so cool too, just to go back. What was, I was fortunate, uh, when I was 18, my rookie year, uh, my first year was a lot of the guys I looked up to's final year. So it gave gave me a chance to make friends with some of those guys from a locker room standpoint that, uh, you know, I just felt so fortunate to have, you know, because, you know, riding with Ty and Owen uh, Washburn and Troy Dunn and and Adriano, all those guys, you know, that was just like watching Troy Aikman or whoever your favorite quarterback is Then all of a sudden suiting up right exactly
0: (laughs) that's pretty crazy very cool yep so now um
2: but that keeps me busy and then we have we have 40 acres and i have another 40 that we graze attached to that so we're running not a lot uh we we have 40 black cows at the moment so uh uh you know my daughter loves going out there and feeding those and My wife, it's hard for me to take any of them to town and really count that as a job because they, the girls get the name of them all and I can't ever get them to town and (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of like a big pet and farm at our house. Yeah.
0: Today's episode is sponsored by Modern Cowboy Performance Nutrition. The brand built on grit, determination, and perseverance. Modern Cowboy products are designed to increase stamina and strength, build lean muscle mass, and promote healing and pain relief. For more information and to order products, visit our website. ModernCowboy.global and use our podcast listener special code ModernCowboy15 at checkout for 15% off all of our products and apparel. And now did you ever get into team roping or anything?
2: I do. I like to team rope when I yeah. have the opportunity. Um when I was still riding, um, at one point I had uh well, I had four roping horses, and uh it got to where I was just traveling so much i sold them to a buddy who would just utilize them more but if i ever end up at a roping pen i'm i love getting on and and swinging a few so
0: yeah absolutely now you're an outdoorsman you love to hunt you have you have a favorite type of hunting or fishing that you like
2: um yeah i love bass fishing uh mm-hmm. we have some really really good lakes around here uh we go down to table rock my father-in-law we have a he has a fiberglass boat that me and him have started, uh, dabble in some small tournaments. We get a kick out of that when we can. Um, Mm -hmm. and then, uh, love whitetail deer hunting, but I mean, really what gets my motor running is obviously the last three years, I've really been shooting my bow more and more and, and, uh, going out West and chasing, you know, bull elk is, it really gets my motor running. So, yeah. I did just get back from a hunt. Uh me and my father in law and my two brother in laws went down. We just got back. We were really close to Mexico. Mm-hmm. uh straight up from Mount Morrison. we were chasing some whitetails around and I was able to get a really nice eleven point like four days ago and I just got back from there actually.
0: Nice. Nice. Now you, Yeah, you, know, you were talking about bass fishing now. You know, I mean when I was growing up they didn't have, you know, the competitions like they have nowadays. I mean it, it's it's just turned into like this uh, an epic you know, sporting event. Uh, is that the kind of, you know, uh, tournaments you guys get into as well?
2: Uh, yeah, the stuff we've been doing, you know, there's anywhere from 75 to 45 boats showing up. There's, uh-huh. uh pays a little, but it's just, we like just going out and, I mean, fishing regardless, but it seems right. like it's just a little bit more fun. It's like watching a football game with a little side bet with your friend. It just kind of makes it, uh, it appeals to my competitive nature a little bit more to when we're in a tournament. <laughs> right, right.
0: <laughs> Get a little wage yeah. going. Chance to win a little money. Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
2: And Bass Pro, has, they, they have their own little tournaments around here that you can enter. And, and And there's some that you can win, you know, first place. You can win, you know not like the big time pros, but you can win 10 grand or so we haven't yet, but I mean, right. that's what keeps us fishing up until the last hour trying.
0: Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. In, in all your, uh, you know, your years of bull riding and in, in, uh, rodeo and, uh, did you have a favorite brand of cowboy hats?
2: Uh, yeah. So I, uh, Earlier in my career, I was sponsored by American hat company. Uh-huh. Um, and then I transit, I still love American hats are great. I transitioned to uh Greeley hat works, uh, out of Greeley Colorado and they've made my hats for the past five or six years. And, and I'm a big hat guy. My wife, uh, she always says I got more hats than she does shoes and she's got a lot of shoes, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> he's been making my hats. I really, I'm really impressed with his hat. Uh, He's in a, it's just called Greeley Hatworks.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm very familiar with him. Absolutely. How about yeah. boots? You got a favorite boot brand?
2: Uh yeah. So and I like Anderson Bean. There's a Western store. It's Missouri's largest Western store. It's called PFI. And uh-huh. uh they have a they have an in house guy. It's called a Boot Daddy. Um but he takes like Anderson Beans and Rios and he right. kinda like does his some different tops on them and it's really cool collaboration but i'm kind of old school i just like I, my current boots i just wear all the time is just nothing too fancy I, I like a rough out boot with just kind of a squared off toe yeah and uh you know something with i know i get the appeal of like the rubber soles but i'm still i like to find one with uh with the wood bottom and just kind of uh you know like a spur lip so i i like just an old school looking boot
0: very cool. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan of the rough outs myself. I I, I read somewhere I think that, and I'm not sure if that, this is your favorite western, but I know it's a movie that influenced you. The movie Eight Seconds. Would Would, would that be your favorite western, or do you have, an, have another western movie outside of that one?
2: Oh, I think Eight Seconds is a fantastic movie. Still, Luke Perry did such an amazing job. You know, I never met Lane, um, but just you know, everybody knows he did he took that movie to heart uh i remember seeing that as a nine nine nine-year-old ten-year-old in the movie theater and this even just pushed me even more to want to do it just that movie was so big at the time but uh probably my favorite western is lonesome dove
0: yeah Um,
2: i love love that um i love uh tom horn with Steve mcqueen (laughs) that's That's i thought that's a fantastic you yeah. know what?
0: You're this. This, this is going to be my hundred and first episode on, on the podcast, and, and Tom Horn's like one of my all time favorites. And you're the first person that's brought up Tom Horn, and uh, I think I think it's an an under underrated Western movie. Man, that movie was so good.
2: Oh yeah, and I was I'm still so a big Steve McQueen fan. Everything he did was so good. But man, yeah. that, there's just so many parts of that movie that you got to rewind and watch again. And
0: yep, yep, it's just
2: it's great. Yep. Yeah.
0: yeah. And Richard Farnsworth was in it. He was great in it. It was just a Oh yeah. Great, great movie. I
2: love the part where they're out on the porch and he's making that guy dance and he comes <laughs> swinging <laughs> up there. <and laughs> yep. Shoots great
0: movie. He shoots his Dead 4560. That was great. <laughs> oh
2: yeah.
0: With that shooter in the water. Yeah. Oh man. I love and that it.
2: horse, man. He, he he had a he had a very loyal horse. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, uh, it's so funny, man very cool so uh w- w- you got any uh any any big plans coming up in the future uh anything for us to look out for or
2: uh let's see i uh i mean we, I'm, I'm, we just trying to plan. go
0: ahead no i was gonna say that cause I'm, I'm pretty impressed with that with the the beijing china deal i'm gonna i'm gonna be googling all over that here shortly i mean that that yeah. was a pretty pretty cool deal well
2: i got wind and it wasn't too awful long ago probably uh I don't know, a month or so ago that the same crew is. I guess that one in town in Beijing is just killing it. Mm-hmm. So they mentioned in Shanghai, and she wanted to know if I'd still be on board. <laughs> so oh, I mean, it's really? like that movie was Shanghai Kid or whatever. I guess yeah, the Shanghai
0: but, N- Shanghai Nights, the one with the
2: Shanghai. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Jackie Chan and and I think Owen Wilson. I think <laughs> right that,
2: yeah, yeah. Right. So, I mean, that I, I'm always up for that, but, uh, you know, I'll continue to do uh, some stuff for uh, uh, Bass Pro as far as New York. I mean, I've done the last, well, this last one was my 14th Fox in a row on Thanksgiving, and we do some stuff around Christmas, so um, things like that. But I did, you just had Chris Douglas, he was one of your recent guests, Um he's talking about getting an old gathering together for, you know, what he's been doing now, get me and Ross and like Corey Rash and a lot of the old crew and go out to his place there and pray and and have a big canvas tent camp out and he'll probably do some shooting. But that's all, you know, to be determined. But any chance we can get the old crew together, uh, we all jump at it.
0: Yeah. Well, actually, yeah, I had Chris on and and Chris is, who actually connected me with you and he, he, he told me about that and, and, we talked about a little bit and if possibility of maybe coming out there and, and, doing a little, uh, round table discussion and recording a little bit of stuff too. So that, that might be a possibility as well.
2: Yeah, it's a blast. I, I went and visited Chris not too long ago. They were doing a catalog, uh, for the national parks and wildlife. Uh, and they shot this book for Filson and, mm-hmm. uh, I got to go out there and spend some time and I just, took a few days extra to stay out there with him and Darcy and just, it's just so beautiful where he's at, you know, just saddling up a horse and riding out through there. It kind of takes you back a lot. So, uh, it's a, it's a fun place. Chris is very talented.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's an amazing guy. Like we talked a little bit before you and I did, before we got on the podcast and I was probably one of the most shocking, uh, episodes (laughs) I've done. And when, when I, uh, when he started telling me all that, and like I I said, we're going to do another part two with him to just, Dive into that a little deeper, but uh, yeah, very nice guy, and I was uh, really grateful that he he connected me with you. So, um,
2: yeah, Chris has been a friend for a long time. I uh, I met him at Ross Coleman's uh, dad, Ross's dad Steve runs about a thousand head at the base of Mount Hood in a town called uh-huh. Wallen. Uh, in between events. Uh, when it panned out, we, there'd be like 13 of us bull riders fly out to, and spend the whole week in between and help Steve, you know, we'd brand 800 head of calves, rope and drag them to the fire in like four days. Yeah. And, uh, Chris was out there. Uh, I was actually, this documentary that he was filming that was going to be released HBO. It didn't come mm-hmm. to pass, but it was just an amazing documentary. And he was filming all, all of us guys and spent a year with us on tour man so that's how I got to and he's been a you know a great great friend ever since that was back in like oh one and two I've known him ever since
0: oh that's crazy crazy man yeah it's, it, it ends up being a sm- small world now with uh, social media and the internet, don't it
2: yeah it sure does you know it's uh it's it's a whole different ball game as far as everything goes I mean the access these guys got. And I got to see some of that too, you know, going to events once YouTube came around um, right? and PBR got, you could like draw, because we know what bull we had Wednesday prior to the Friday or Saturday we got on. So right. it wasn't out of the ordinary to type that bull's name in YouTube and you'd, you'd have six or seven rides you could watch before you even got out there. So <laughs> I, I can only imagine what it's like now.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. Crazy, crazy. So now you, you, you mentioned that you, you had a daughter is, uh, just have the one, one child or.
2: Yeah, just the one for now we're open to more, uh, she's, uh, she's just a little over five. Her name's, uh, Olive, but she goes by Ollie and, uh, she's just a little spitfire and, uh, she spend, uh, you know, it's great to be home more. That's what I wanted. So we spend, right. you know, a lot of time together and it's, it's just been a blessing for that
0: yeah that's great now she is she uh headed more towards uh, uh can you tell yet which direction she she going uh like total cowgirl or is she uh gonna be in the martial arts or you motocross riding or what do you see or or. Is, know, uh
2: i'm the kind of dad that i don't i'm kind of just step back and like watch her and see what she picks up you know she's done the soccer thing the dance thing the ballet thing and Right, and it's you know right. obviously as a parent you want her to strive to be her best, but she's just figuring stuff out. Um, yeah. She loves going out and feeding cows with me. She loves to ride horses. Um, at the same time, you know she she likes to put on her pink dress and everything else. So we're just kind of playing it by ear and see what she gets a kick out of. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Very cool. And how how about your wife? Is uh, she pretty much just full time mom?
2: Yep, yeah, she uh she stays at the house and she uh she is a heck of a hand as far as feeding. She she'll feed cows and, and kids all year around where she needs to be and uh yeah, she uh just now recently her whole life, she's thirty two and she hasn't done much outdoor stuff mm-hmm. really throughout her life. And just recently we found out that she doesn't have she's a big animal lover but she she can shoot birds so we took her duck hunting and she just found out that she pretty much likes that a lot so that's awesome (laughs) she she passes on the deer but she's a pretty good shot too most i've found a lot too that um girls tend to be a good shot regardless I, i don't know if it's just they focus a little more or what but she's a dead eye
0: well, I, I've talked about that before on the podcast. It's you, you take your wife or your girlfriend shooting, and they're going to outshoot you every time because they don't have the yeah. ego, the ego we men have. You know what I mean? And uh, they just stay more relaxed and, and you know squeeze the trigger easier than us. We're trying to just you know show everybody up.
2: <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. That's absolutely. great though. She
0: loves duck hunting, man. So you got you got a a, a new duck hunting partner for sure.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't know if oh and uh that's something cool we can share together and i don't yeah. know if she'll catch me going shopping with her too much but <laughs> at least we have that yeah the well, outdoor it's so pretty being well, out there anyway so yeah
0: well you'll go shopping at bass pro <laughs> at least or you'll go shopping at bass pro or or nrs or something i like. will do that pfi yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's right yeah, absolutely well hey luke i man i really appreciate you coming on and in in, in talking with us and, and sharing your story and i'm just uh i'm excited to find out about that beijing thing to, to see if there's any youtube videos of you over there uh riding a mechanical bull in in uh in china
2: yeah there's there's liable to be rodeo okay. china is what they're calling it but uh yeah the yellowstone deal they have over there and everything it's pretty wild what they've done um but yeah we'll see what the future holds it's anything like that that can put a positive light on the on the western sports western cowboy industry uh you know i'm i'm for it
0: absolutely i i agree hey if, if people want to follow you um you're on instagram What what's your instagram handle
2: yeah it's just my name luke snyder and there's just an 82 on the end of it
0: okay perfect
2: yeah luke snyder 82 but uh i just mainly post hunting pictures and fun stuff like that so
0: (laughs) absolutely well very cool well hey luke again i really appreciate your time man and um hopefully i meet you here in person in the not too uh, distant future
2: yeah you bet dan it's been a pleasure big fan of the show and uh down the road anytime but uh, i appreciate you having me on
0: you bet luke and we'll, we'll talk soon
2: all right sounds good
0: Hey, I want to thank all of our listeners and sponsors of the show. Without you, the show would not be possible. We so appreciate the reviews and ratings, which increases awareness in our effort to grow the fan base of the cowboy, rodeo, and Western lifestyle culture. If you are new to the show or have been a listener for a while and have just not had the opportunity to rate and review the podcast, it's really simple. Just trot your pony over to the iTunes Apple Podcast, click on the show, scroll down to rate and review, and give us a five spur rating. The podcast is available on Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher, as well as many other platforms where you listen to podcasts. Just type Modern Cowboy Podcast into the search bar to subscribe, listen, rate, and review. And if you are interested in being a sponsor of the show to showcase your business, DM us on Instagram at Modern Cowboy Podcast or message us on our website, www.moderncowboypodcast.com.
1: Every Friday afternoon I hitch up the trailer Saddle up old rock And ice down a cooler I drive that old back road Until it ends At the and pin We got them rusted out pickups And fancy rigs Twenty thousand dollar horses Then there's my own stick Although we're all the same the minute we ride in To the rope and pen Well I no Play your speed But I give her hell He never can tell Someday I just might be We'll turn a few steers And we'll tell a few lies Get back in the saddle and philosophize Most of life's problems Yeah, we're gonna solve them Down at the rope and pin Yeah, we don't do it for the money Yeah, we're always broke Just ask Clint what he paid to rope He's lost a dozen wives Half the fingers on his hands To the rope and pen And it takes a little skill And a little luck If you can top smack you can back it up Oh, but we're all friends No matter who wins Down at the rope and pen can tell Someday I just might be We'll turn another pin of steers Tell a few more lies Drink another beer And hypothesize Most of life's problems By God we're gonna solve them Down at the rope and pen We'll see y'all again Next weekend Down at the Roman Bay Down at the Roman